Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is the podcast. I will be going through every NHL team, reviewing their season, and giving it a letter grade from A plus to F. Like, F being like a total fail. Like, this is not the season you were hoping for. Um, but like, there won't be many Fs. Like, there'll be like maybe one. I highly doubt there'll be any though. So just stay tuned for this episode. Starting it off here, we have the Anaheim Ducks, who finished 27th in the league. Seventh in their division, and second last in the conference. No, not 27th. The Ducks finished 27th. They finished third last in their division. And they were third last in the conference as well. Their top five point scorers this season were Adam Henrique, Richard Raquel, Ryan Getzlaff, Silverberg, Fowler, and Lindholm. The top four there, oh, that's six, sorry. The top four there were all near 40 points. None of their guys eclipsed 30 goals. So that's a bit of a, it's a bit of like a not good season. Adam Henrique had 26 goals this season and 17 assists. Their assist leader was Ryan Getzlaff. Penalty minutes leader was Nick Deslauriers with 92. Power play goal leader, also Adam Henrique. Power play point leader, also Adam Henrique. Three-way tie between Ricard Raquel. Ryan Getzloff and Henrique. Shorthanded goal leader, Silverberg. Shorthanded point leader, Carter Rowney. Game-winning goals, Ryan Getzloff. Shooting percentage, Andrew Agazino with 50%, but Sony Milano had 18%. And then of the full-time guys, it was Henrique. So Henrique really carried that team. He definitely didn't play horrible this season. Uh, their record this season, they went 29-33-9. It's not a horrible. They ended their season off with a loss. They were 5-3-2 the last 10 games before the season closed. I mean, it's not a horrible record, but it's definitely not the greatest. They have they have a lot of time to make some moves this offseason. They have a couple guys coming off the books. Not too many, though. Just Delzato, Irwin, and Miller. But I think Miller will stay, so they don't really have much coming off the books. Like, no bad contracts coming off the books. Well, they don't, have the, they don't actually have a bad contract currently. The closest contract to a bad contract will be Jacob Silverberg, who's making 5.2, but that's it's not horrible. I mean, David Backus is bad, too. Never mind. They do have a couple, but it's not the worst in the world. Moving on from the Anaheim Ducks, we head on to the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes finished 5th in the division, 5th out of 7th in the division, 11th in the conference, and in their and in the league, they were, I mean, the Pacific was a very non-competitive division this season. For basing it off points, win percentage, if we base it off points... They finished 22nd in the league. So, I mean, it's not horrible, not the best. If we look at their point scorers, the point scorers, the obvious ones, Clayton Keller, Taylor Hall played well. Their point leader was Nick Schmaltz with 45 points. In 70 games. That's not very good. When you come to think about it. 
They have no top-end guys. They just have a lot of decent depth. Top five was Schmaltz, Keller, Garland, Dvorak, and Kessel. Their best goal scorer was Connor Garland. Assist leader was Nick Schmaltz. Point leader was Schmaltz. Plus-minus leader was Alex Goligoski. Penalty-minus leader was Jacob Chitrin. Power-play goal leader was Phil the Thrill, Glizzy Gobbler. Power-play point leader was also the Glizzy Gobbler. Short-handed goal leader, OEL. And that's about all the major stats that we can look at here from the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, they didn't do horrible this season, but they didn't do the best. They were, like, fairly mediocre. I did not expect them to do do as much harm to the Preds as they did. They did quite a bit of damage on the Preds. I would say I'm pretty, pretty impressed. So I did like their performance there. Um, well, I didn't actually grade the Duck season, did I? Well, looking back, we're going to grade the Duck season as a D. Not, not best, not fail. It wasn't a passing. I wouldn't give them a pass. Like, we're going off that. But the Coyotes, they went 33-29-8. They had a winning record, 74 points. They were on a two-game losing streak before the season ended, and 5-5-0 before the season was over. Like, the Ducks had a fi- better final stint than the Coyotes did. Uh, if I'm gonna grade the Coyotes season, the regular season, I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them a C minus, cause, I mean, they didn't fail, but they didn't pass. Like, like they're like, it's it's confusing to say, but yeah, I think they were fairly mediocre. Moving on from the Ducks and Coyotes, we have the Boston Bruins, and the Bruins, you're, they're obviously gonna get one of the best grades because they technically won the President's Trophy. They were the only team to eclipse 100 points. So, of course they're going to Of course they're going to get the the best grade. But yeah. If we look at their point leaders, their obvious point leader if you've been paying any attention to hockey is David Pasternak. Coming in second you got Brad Marchand at third. Bergeron, and then followed by Krug and Krejci. Their goal leader was David Pasternak with 48 goals. Their assist leader, Brad Marchand. He had 59 apples. That's very impressive. Plus minus leader, Zdeno Chara had a 26 plus minus. And the penalty minutes leader goes to, no surprise here, Brad Marchand. Power play goal leader. Pasta netted 20 power play goals. So almost half of Pasta's goals this season were on the power play. A good chunk of them. Power play points this season. Pasta also led with 38 points. 38 of his 95 points were on the power play. So I would not want to be up against power play against those guys. But their short-handed goal leader was Charlie Coyle. Game-winning goal leader. Pasternak had 10 game winners. Their shots leader, like most shots, went to Pasternak 279. Shot percentage leader was also Pasternak. Pasternak basically led everything except assists, plus minus, penalty minutes, and short-handed goals. So Pasta basically carried this team. Like, in a sense, he carried them. But, I know. He didn't play the worst, but he didn't play the best. Um, for their grade, I'm giving them obvious A+. No one could have done better than the Bruins did this season. And honestly... I didn't expect them to do as well as they did. Like, they're they're getting... They have an old core. You wouldn't expect them to be as competitive as they are. 
but they seem to get better with every year of age. It's it's so weird. Oh, I forgot to give the rankings for the Boston Bruins, but they got first and everything. So I think I think I pointed that out, but I didn't clearly point it out apparently. Moving on from the Boston Bruins, we have the Buffalo Sabres and the Sabres finished 25th in the league. 25th in the league, they finished, I'm pretty sure they were last in their division, not 100% sure though, they were 6th in their division, in their conference, they were 13th, only behind the Devils, or only ahead of the Devils, Sens, and the Red Wings, so I mean, they didn't do horrible, horrible, but they didn't do good, but in this draft class, you kind of wanted to do horrible if you weren't going to be good. If we look at the Buffalo Sabres stats and their winning record, we'll start with their record this season. This season, the Buffalo Sabres went 30-31 and 8. They were 3-7 and 0 before the season ended, which isn't isn't good. Isn't that good at all. Their point leader was Jack Eichel, followed by Reinhardt, Olafson, Dahlin, and Ristolainen. Eichel had 78 points, Reinhardt 50. Wolfson 42, Dahlin 40, and Ristolainen 33. Their goal leader was Eichel 36. He led their assists with 42. Olmark as the goaltender led with 17 wins and a 9.15 save percentage. Who led in plus minus here? Brandon Martor led with a plus 13 plus minus. Penalty minutes leader went to Ristolainen. Power play goal leader, obviously Eichel. Point leader on the power play, Eichel again. Short-handed goal leader is definitely not Eichel. It is Eichel. Look at that. Game-winning goal, Eichel with 9. Shooting percentage, Eichel with 15.9. So, yeah, Eichel, Eichel is the Sabres, in a sense. All the Sabres are is Eichel. All they will ever be is Eichel. Sabres will not be competitive for a long, long, long time. So... Take that as you will. The grade for the Buffalo Sabres, I'm giving them a D plus, because they didn't do worse, or they didn't do worse than Anaheim, but they didn't do much better. So a D plus, and I'm giving them a D. I'm giving them a D, not a D plus, because I don't know if D plus is really a grade. Whatever, we'll we'll call it a grade for the sake of this podcast. Moving on from the Buffalo Sabres, we have the Calgary Flames. And the Calgary Flames finished. Calgary Flames finished third in their division. They went 36, 27, and 7 for 79 points. So they didn't do horrible. In the league, they finished. Sorry. 19th in the league. And third in their division. That tells you how good the Pacific Division really is. Because their division leader only gets 8th. That's kind of sad. When two Atlantic teams, two Central teams, and three Metro teams are all above Vegas, the, the leader in that division, that's really, really sad. That's not a very competitive division. 
If we look at the stats, though, the stats for the Flames, I don't think they're horrible. If we take a look here, a look-see. Their point leader was Matthew Kachuk, 61 points. Goal leader, Lindholm with 29. Assist leader, Goudreau with 40 apples. Plus minus leader goes to Derek Ryan. Penalty minutes leader goes to Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> That's funny. Power play goal leader goes to Lindholm. Power play point leader goes to Kachuk. Short-handed goals leader goes to Backland. Game-winning goal leader goes to Lindholm. Shot percentage leader goes to Lindholm as well. So Lindholm played very well, as you can tell by these stats. And the Flames just, they didn't do horrible, they didn't do good. They beat the Jets in the play-in round. Didn't see that coming. I don't think many people saw that coming. I mean, some people definitely predicted it, but I didn't expect it. As a Jets fan, I didn't expect it. A little bit of biased one in there, but... I don't know, I just thought that the Jets were overall a better team than the Calgary was, but I guess the grit from the Jets was missing. But we don't have time to get into this now. That's for another podcast. Moving on from the Calgary Flames, we have the Carolina Hurricanes, the first Metro Division team. And if we look at the Metro Division, the Hurricanes finished fourth in the Metro Division. And in the league, they finished ninth with 81 points, 38 wins, and 25 losses and five overtime losses so it's not horrible numbers from Caroline I did not expect them to do as well as they do every year like they surprise me every year I don't know why I just don't I, I, I like the Hurricanes. I'm a big I like to think I'm a bit of a Canes fan I like them but I just don't expect them to do well but every year they get eliminated it's usually because Fetch gets injured is that a sign it definitely is their points leader the top five points leaders you got Aho, Teravainen, Schwetsch, Dougie, and Nakes. Aho led the way with 66 points, followed by Teravainen, 63, Schwetsch's 61, Hamilton with 40, and Nakes with 36. Their goal leader was Sebastian Aho with 38. Assist leader was Teravainen with 48 apples. Plus minus leader was Dougie Hamilton. He was a plus 30. Jacob Slavin was also a plus 30. Penalty minutes leader. Joel Edmondson at 72 penalty minutes. Power play goal leader, Aho. Power play point leader, Teravainen. Game-winning goal leader, Aho. Shooting percentage leader, Morgan Kiki has 75% shooting percentage, but he only played two games, three goals, four points. I mean, that's very good numbers. 18.4% shooting percentage for Sebastian Aho. Played very well. Um, if I'm going to grade the Kane season, I'm probably going to give him... I'm going to give them a B minus because I expected them to beat the Bruins. I, I said I'd do only regular season, but a regular season definitely has some factors here. And I definitely did think that the Hurricanes would beat the Bruins this season in the playoffs, and they did not. They did not succeed in beating the Boston Bruins, even though they did not have Tuka Rask. So what does that tell you about the Canes? The Canes just need a better goalie. I mean, Morazic's good, but he just played horrible in that last series. They should have just thrown Reimer in there more. Um, but yeah, moving on from the Carolina Hurricanes, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets, who actually finished ninth in the league, fifth in the, no, not ninth, 
Oh, that's based on point percentage. If you base it on points, they finished ninth in the conference. So that makes sense. They finished 14th in the league, 81 points, 33, 33 wins, 22 losses, and 15 overtime losses. If we look at their stats in this season, we see that their point leader, as we all could guess, was Doobie. 49 points for Dubois. 42 for Gustav, 41 for Rensky, 36 for Bjorkstrand, and 31 for Flino. Their goal leader was Bjorkstrand with 21 in 49 games played. Like, if Bjorkstrand would have played the full season, he would have definitely hit 50 points. Because if he would have, uh, like, 20 more games than he currently did, he played the full season. And if Richardson, no. Anderson, if Josh Anderson could play the full season, he would have a lot more goals as well because he is he's a certified beautician. That's from Man of the Red, if anybody knew that. Their assist leader, Doobie with 31 apples. Plus minus leader, Seth Jones with a 10. That's pretty bad, actually. Penalty minutes leader, Foligno with 62. Goal leader in the power play, Wierenski with 5. Points leader on the power play, Wierenski with 13. Game-winning goal leader, Bjorkstrand with 5, and shorthanded goal leader, Nyquist had 1. Shooting percentage leader, the last stat, Bjorkstrand had exactly a 13% shooting percentage, which definitely isn't horrible, but you, you could do better, in all honesty. I thought the Jackets would add a, like, watching them in the playoffs, I would have expected a better season out of them, but injuries did curse them, so I will give them that. But yeah. Uh, if I'm going to grade the Blue Jackets season, I'll give them a B- minus as well as the Hurricanes. Because I feel like theirs was pretty on par with the Hurricanes. I would have expected them to do better, but they didn't quite. So, you know, you can't really blame them for their season. Everybody had some struggles this season. We can't get too mad right away. It's like, come on, guys. Moving on, we got according to the Central Division. We got the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Blackhawks finished... 23rd in the league, 72 points, 32 wins, and 30 losses, and 38 overtime losses. Uh, the Blue Jackets, I'm going to speak a little bit about their playoffs, because I just really want to. I did not expect them to beat the Oilers. Uh, I really did not. I thought McDavid and Jarsett would just be able to get it done. But Kubelik, Kubelik's good. Kane's good. Taves is very well. Played very well in this series. Crawford played well. They would have had Laner. They would have beat Vegas. On in all honesty, Laner could stop Vegas. He's the only thing that could stop Vegas. Because I don't think Vasilevsky can stop Vegas. So I think Vegas will win the cup. And if you lose to a cup winner, you definitely don't feel bad about losing. Points leader on the Chicago Blackhawks. Patrick Kane with eighty four, followed by Jonathan Taves with sixty, Kubelik with forty six, Debrinky with forty five. And Dylan Strome with 38 points. Their goal leader, I think we all know who it is. It's Patty. 33 goals. He also led the Apple department with 51 apples. Plus minus leader was Calvin DeHaan with 10 plus minus. Penalty minutes leader, 
goes to Jonathan Taves. What? 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 Jonathan Taves, like the most respectful guy I've ever watched on the ice, had 48 penalty minutes? You're kidding. Power play goal leader, DeBrinkin had 10 power play goals. Only 8 of his goals were at even strength. Well, not exactly 10. Yes, exactly 10. Because I was going to say he had a short goal, but he did not. Power play points leader, Patrick Kane, 23. He had 15 power play assists. So, it's pretty good. Shooting percentage leader, Dominic Kubik had a 19.1 super percentage leader. He definitely deserves to get... To, he deserves the recognition for the Calder. He deserves recognition. Like, he doesn't get the recognition, but he definitely deserves any recognition he can get. But I'm going to grade the the Blackhawks' regular season. Since they finished last in the division, I think I have to give him a D plus. Even though they did make the playoffs and everything, I have to give him a D plus because they were last in the division. Uh, for one playoff-wise, I'm giving them, if the playoffs were counted in here for my gradings, I'd definitely give them a C plus or a B minus, but... We all know that is not how it works here. So they're getting a D plus. And moving on, we actually have yet again another team. Oh, I should have done Chicago before Colorado or Columbus and Carolina, whatever. We have the Colorado Avalanche and the Avs finished second in the division. 42 wins. 20 losses, 8 overtime losses, 92 points. Very solid numbers. In the league, they finished... They finished... Second in the conference, so... They would have finished third in the league. Which isn't horrible. Not horrible at all. If we look at the stats, though, the statistics, that's where that really factors in here because they had some very good statistics. All right, this is going to be a super long, super long episode, so I'm going to start speeding it up here for each team. I'll try and do a minute on each team now that's left. Okay, let's speed it up here. Points leader, McKinnon, followed by Makar, Burkowski, 44 for Landeskog, and then 41 for Antonin. It's a huge drop here. You got 93 points for McKinnon. The next one is 50 points for McCarr. Plus minus leader, 40 for Ryan Graves. He was almost on for every goal, I'd say, for the jacket, boot, or Columbus. Colorado. Okay. After Colorado, we have... I'm not going to do stats anymore. I'm just going to do their record, and then I'll grade them and talk a little bit about each team. That's what I'm going to do now. So, for... The Avalanche. They went 42-28. I already mentioned that. That is 70 games. 92 points. 237 goals for it. A plus 46 goal differential. And they're 7-2-1 before the season closed out. Very, very, very impressive numbers for the Avalanche. And moving on. Or let's grade them. We're going to give them an A. Because they were third in the league. So A makes sense. 
Like, I'm not just handing out A-pluses here. And moving on from the Colorado Avalanche, we have the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars are a very interesting team. If we look at the, I'll talk about their playoffs here. If we look at their playoffs, they're definitely getting an A-plus because they're currently beating the Avs 3-1 in the series as the time I'm recording this. It is Sunday, 9.07 p.m. It's a bit of a late recording here. The Stars went 37-24-8, 82 points. They were third in their division. They were on a six-game losing streak before the season closed out. And honestly, I did not think they were going to do well. Because, you know, I didn't think they were that good of a team. But apparently, they proved me wrong here. They're a very decent team. Uh, young guys, especially in the playoffs here, young guys like Pavelski, or not Pavelski, young guys like Gianov and Hints are really stepping up to the plate. Pavelski's playing good, as always. And there's not really much to say about them else. Like, they're playing, like, next-level hockey here. And if I'm going to give them a grade, I'm going to give them a B-, minus cause, or I'll give them a B+. Because they're definitely no A or A- minus quality, because it wasn't that good of a season. They only they went 3-5-2 before the season ended. That's not very good numbers. And if you look at where they finished in the league, they only finished 10th in the league. So B- minus makes sense. Because they gave Carolina a B plus or a B. So Dallas B- minus makes complete sense. Moving on from the Dallas Stars, we have the Detroit Red Wings. And I think we all know what the grade for the Detroit Red Wings is. But whatever. They went 17-49-5 with 39 points this season. And, you know, Larkin, Mantha, they played decent. Pertuzzi played well. Fabry's been good. I can't really say much else about them. Uh, I did not expect them to do as bad as they did. They had a minus 122 goal differential. They definitely should have shown, shown more skill out there on the ice. But that did not happen, as we can all tell. So yeah, if I'm going to give the Detroit Red Wings a grade, they're going to get a D- minus actually, because I expected them to do bad. If I expected a team to do bad, they're going to get a less, better, better, better of a grade. Like, for example, I won't, I won't ruin anything. Well, we'll see. For Edmonton, moving on to Edmonton, I did not expect them to get 12th in the league. They had 83 points. I thought they were going to be a bit higher. I thought they were going to be better. So, they went 37, 25, and 9. So what I do for the grading system is I say that since if they would have gotten top 10, I would have given them a B minus. But since they didn't make the top 10, I give them a C plus because they passed on the league this year, but they, they didn't do super, super well. So, yeah, that's really all there is to it here. Edmonton Oilers, I'm going to give them a C plus. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle just tore up the league again this season. They just need a solid stud goalie. Like, Braden Holpe can hold it for a little while. Maybe even Jacob Markstrom would be insane in Edmonton. Same with Robin Lehner. Or, if they can get Askarov in the draft in a couple years, that'd be crazy. Because Yamamoto will be much, a lot better in a couple years. I think Broberg will play decent in a couple years as well. That'll round out that decor with Ethan Bear, Darnell Nurse, and... Oscar Clefbaum, you can get rid of Larson, give him an expansion draft. That takes a big contract off the books. 
And Athanasio will be a, play a great top six role next season. James Neal will play well, I hope, again this next season. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting 2020-2021 season. For That's a mouthful. 2020-2021. 2019-2020 sounds a lot better than 2020-2021. It gets super repetitive, and it's a tongue twister. So, moving on from the Edmonton Oilers, we got the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers, they finished 15th in the league. Not horrible numbers. 35, 26, and 8. So, they definitely were a passing, like... Win, win record. So, like, if they had more wins than losses, I'm going to give them above a C because that's a passing grade for me, in my opinion. I'm very harsh on these grades, though. So, for the Panthers, Barkov played well. In this season, I, there's no way they would have beaten the Islanders. Like, honestly, they had no chance. And no one even cared about that series. Like, everybody was talking about the controversial series, like the Blackhawks, Oilers, the Penguins, Montreal. But honestly, Montreal should have never won that one. Realistically, don't know what they were thinking out there in Pittsburgh. Their players, I think their players took it too easy on themselves. But whatever, we'll get to there when we get to there. So the Panthers, Huberto played well. Mike Matheson is just a cancer on the ice. They need to get rid of his contract. Don't even know who would, no one wants Mike Matheson. He was a couple, like last season, the year before this one, he played very well. So I don't know what. They really can do. They were a plus three goal differential, so they were positive there. There was something positive about their season. So, yeah. Um, I definitely think they could have played a bit better. But they could have they played worse, too. So, I'm going to give them a C. I'm going to give them a C. Just straight a C. Oh, no, C plus. They're going to C plus just like the Oilers did. Because they were fifth, three spots behind them. All right. Moving on from the Florida Panthers, we have the LA Kings. And the LA Kings this season were very interesting. I expected them to be kind of low. So 28 does make sense. They were 29, 35, and 60 and 6, 64 points. Minus 34 goal differential. I expected Quick to play better than he did. Cal Peterson looks like he could be a stud for the next year as a placeholder. They just they have a good guy coming up. Lucas Parikh definitely could take the starting role, but he's not a guaranteed elite goalie. He's one of those, like, mystery guys. Like, I'm not sure yet. If he has a good season in Spokane, yeah, sure, he can come play in the AHL next, the year next, the year after next year, and he could light it up. We never know. Goalies are crazy like that. Goalies are, like, the weirdest ones. Like, draft picks, draft, drafting after the, the second round is always weird. Sorry for that lip thing. Um, yeah, I think they definitely played well. They could have played better than 28, but really when you have, still have Kopitar shit contract, you still have shit contract with the LA Kings defense. They don't have any of it. So they really need to work on that if they want to be competitive this next season. And that takes time. That takes lots of time to work on it. I mean, you got Gabe Velarde coming up. You could really use a defenseman in this next 2021 is the defenseman of the draft class for the LA Kings. That's when they need to get that defenseman. So, really, that's what you do. So, if I'm going to grade the LA Kings season, I'm going to give them a D-. minus Because they didn't quite fail. Because I expected them to do shit. If I expected them to do good and they did shit, then they fail. Like, they didn't, they didn't fail in my mind. 
Moving on, we have the Minnesota Wild, and based on how I expected them to do, I did not expect them to get 21st and almost be competitive with the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, Judd Brackett let the Canucks went to the Wild, so this ninth pick will be very well constructed for their team. Judd Brackett knows what he's doing, so I respect whatever decision he makes. So yeah, for the Minnesota Wild, they're a pretty good set. Pretty, pretty, pretty set. So, yeah. Moving on from the Minnesota Wild, we have... On Minnesota Wild, we're going to take a look at their points. They were 35-27-7, and 69 points, or 67 games played, uh uh-huh, 77 points, very solid numbers. I don't think you can work much up from that from what their team looks like. Like, they don't have much center depth. And they could really use some center depth right now. I mean, Joel Eriksenak isn't as good as he could be. Uh, Kaprizov coming in next season will be very good for them. So, yeah, if I'm going to grade their season, honestly, just because they did so well, or, no, okay, they didn't do as well as I thought they were. Okay. Um, this is some big decisions here. Um, I'm going to have a C+. Plus. Yeah, C plus is what they're getting. Because they didn't do awful. No, I'm giving them a C minus. C minus. They didn't do awful, but they didn't do good. There. And moving on from the Minnesota Wild, we have the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens de Montreal. They finished 24th in the league. Uh, 24th in the league. 31, 31, and 9, 79, 71 points. They were exactly 500 this season. Yeah, they, could, they couldn't really do much with their roster. I'm surprised how Sherratt played this playoffs. I wish he would have played like that for the Jets, to be honest. Um, yeah. Montreal Canadiens, they have a good team. They don't need really need to... They need a big winger, like a big, big winger. Like, they don't need any short guys anymore. Like, I see trade for Gaudreau. No, they don't need Gaudreau. Gaudreau is a short winger who can score. They don't really, honestly, they could use him, but that's not their main priority. They could use a Patty Line, a big brute winger, who can throw the body around a little, and he can score some goals. He just needs, Line needs a defensive center, and he is set. Like, if he gets traded to the Flyers, he will light up the league with Couturier and Giroux. And then you have JVR, Kevin Hayes, and TK on the second line, which will also light up the league. Let up the league, yeah. So, yeah. If I'm going to grade the Montreal Canadiens' regular season performance, I would say if it's playoff encountered, I didn't expect them to beat the Pens. didn't expect them to compete with the Flyers. I expected them to beat the Flyers. They should have beat the Flyers. Um, they could have beat the Flyers if they wouldn't hit so many dang posts. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think here. I mean, I'm a C minus on their regular season. On the tier of a D plus, like close, like low C minus. If they had numbers, they would be like as low as I could get, basically. 
a C minus. Okay, moving on from the Montreal Canadiens, we have the Nashville Predators. At 16th in the NHL, they're basically mid-NHL. They were mid-NHL. Did they do much better? Uh, they have some old. They have an old core with some expensive centers. You can't really do much, build around much there. They have to wait for Tomazino to be ready. Uh, Fabro plays well. I could see them trading Ryan Ellis or Ekholm soon. Maybe to the Leafs. Try and get some more centers. But the Leafs, I don't know if they, who would they be willing to give up. Like, if you could dangle Kerfoot, package Kerfoot with, like, Pierre Angval, that's kind of what the Predators need. So, Pierre Angval and Alexander Kerfoot for... Alexander Kerfoot for... For Matisse Ekholm. Like, that's a good trade for both sides. Like, that's what both sides need. They, the Leafs need a defenseman. The National Predators need some depth. It just works out. National Predators won 35, 26, and 8, 78 points. Minus 2 goal differential. Um, For their grade, I think I gave the Panthers a C. C. So I'm going to give them a C as well. Because they're pretty close to the Panthers. Yeah, and moving on from the Nashville Predators... We have the New Jersey Devils. And the New Jersey Devils, they finished third last in the Eastern Conference and 26th in the league, 28, 29, and 12 this season. I mean, that's hor- not horrible numbers. I mean, they lost. Okay, they lose. They get P.K. Subban. They get Jack Hughes. I don't know how you get worse from that. You get Jack Hughes and P.K. Subban. And now this year you have the seventh overall pick. You have a chance at a guy like Alexander Holtz or even Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond would tear it up with either Jack Hughes or Nico Hichier. And if anyone had Taylor Hall, you could add Hall, Hughes, or Hall, Hichier, and Holtz. Well, that, that would be the H line. The HHH, Triple H. Triple X. <laughs> New Jersey Devils. Minus 41 goal differential. Not really much else I can say about the New Jersey Devils. They just had a bit of a crappy season, and no one could blame them for that. So, yeah. Um, I definitely think it couldn't have gotten worse for the New Jersey Devils. So, yeah. That's about it. All i got to say for the New Jersey Devils. And yeah, I hope they have they have a bounce back season next year because I do like what they're doing. Uh, I find it horrible when like I'm gonna take a little bit of politics into here, but it's not really me talking political. It's just political stuff in hockey. I don't think politics belong in hockey. I don't think they should use politics should use hockey as an outlet for reaching awareness. I just don't feel like that's what people want to watch. Like I know so many people who've just stopped watching hockey and sports because they don't they they watch hockey and sports. To get away from politics. And when they bring it into the game, it just ruins it for some people. Like, that's not, you don't, you, you can't call them a racist or a white supremacist if they don't want to watch hockey because they don't want to watch the politics. They don't want to watch the politics. They really don't care what, what's what. They just don't want to watch politics. Everybody's just gets so offended right away and they just try and cancel people. Like, oh, it gets so annoying. Like, seeing all these people having to apologize. Like, Mike Mowbray, for example. That was such a small comment that they had 
He has to apologize for that and has to be sent home. Like, goodness, why is society just gone to, like, complete crap? Like, five years ago, society was so much better. Everybody was just so calm and cool, just cruising through life. And now, it's just, like, literal hell has broken loose on the earth. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on politics. Moving on from the New Jersey Devils, we got the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders finished 11th in the NHL, 35-23-10, and 10, 80 points, minus one goal against differential. I thought Volomov played well, though. Same with Grice. I'm guessing their defense didn't cut it, and they traded for Andy Green. They got Peugeot at the deadline. I mean, Peugeot's played very well in the playoffs. There's not really much else to say for Peugeot. He played very well. Um, I hope he scores tonight. Let's hope. At the time I'm recording this, he has not currently scored. Or I currently have not checked if he has scored. But I really hope he does score, because, I don't know, I think he deserves it. And he has scored, look at that. Oh yeah, okay, we'll go back to the to the regular season here. They were over 500 this season, so that's, that's pretty solid. But if I'm going to grade their season, I'm going to give him... I'll give him a... I'll give him a B, B minus, or a B. I'll give him a B, because they didn't do horrible. They didn't do great. Yeah. Moving on, New York Rangers, seventy games played, thirty-seven wins, twenty-eight losses, five overtime losses, five sixty-four goal differential. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give them a grade this season. I think Breadman played well. Based on my expectation for them, I expect them to do a lot worse. And they got 18th. I mean, they did win Lafreniere. So they're going to be a lot more competitive next season. They definitely could wager a guy to come in for free agency if they had the cap. Like, just saying, like, you know, we have Lafreniere, we have Kako. Come play with us. We just need They just need a 2C. Like, Byfield would be perfect. But I don't think they're going to pass on Laf. Um, like, if, if, let's say, Ottawa did decide to trade up the third and fifth picks, they could get Byfield, and then they don't really need defensemen, but they can get a good guy on defense in Drysdale to just shut down with Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo, and who would your fourth defender be? I mean, Neil Lundqvist is good. Then you got Shesty and Nett, and you got Kako, Laff, Zabanajad, Breadman. Even Buchnevich is playing well. Strom plays well. Like, it's, it's a very scary team. Like, the Metro is a rising division here. And I think they definitely will be a very good division for the next couple of years. Like, they've got the last couple first-round picks. Like, 2019, 2018, it went to... 2018 went to the Sabres. 2017 went also to the Devils. 16 went to the Leafs. 15 went to the Oilers. 14 went to the... 2014, that was Florida. Okay, never mind. I was thinking there's a lot more picks, first overall picks, coming from the Metro. Last Western Conference first overall pick was 2015, though. It's been a couple of years. We're just that competitive in the West here. Okay, New York Rangers season grade. I gave the, the Calgary Flames roughly a C. I'm going to give them a C plus. Just, abo- just above C, mi- C, but not quite C or B minus yet. That's my grade for them. 
yeah. Moving on from the New York Rangers, we have the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators are fairly interesting team. They got 30th overall in this year. They went 30th. Uh, they were 437 goal uh, win percentage. 25, 34, and 12. I mean, not the worst numbers in the world, but not the best. I didn't expect them to be... I didn't expect them to be good. I didn't expect them to be last. I expect them to be roughly where they are. Uh, like, when you have Chris Tierney sending your first line, you're not going to win too many games. So, yeah, for their season grade... They're not going to get an F either. They're going to get a D- minus as well. Because they did all they could. Duclair played well. Connor Brown played well. There's not really much you could ask for as well. So, yeah. Moving on from the Ottawa Senators, we got the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Philadelphia Flyers are a very interesting team. They got six overall in this year. I didn't expect them to get the six actually get that high. They just kind of went on a tear there. Uh, like, at... On at home, you cannot beat the Flyers. They were twenty five six and four, but Boston was twenty four two four and nine. I guess at home they're just so good. Yeah. Carter Hart plays well. Giroux plays well. Couturier plays well. Konechny plays well. Hayes played super well. Provorov played so good. I just think they played super well. Uh, for their season grade, I gave them A minus. They definitely were decent. Moving on, Pittsburgh Penguins seventh. They were one. They were three points behind the Philadelphia Flyers, seventh in the league. Forty wins, four, twenty-three losses, six overtime losses, six-two-three. Uh, win percentage, plus twenty-eight goal differential. They were twenty-three, eight and four at home, seventeen, fifteen and twelve on the road. So they were like almost just over five hundred on the road. So they could have definitely played a lot better on the road. Um, I did not expect them to get beat by the Penguins or the the Canadians. Kind of sad, actually. So yeah, for their season grade, based on the fact they lost to the Peng to the Canadians, I'm still gonna give them a uh, A minus. After the Penguins, we have the. St. Louis Blues, and the St. Louis Blues were second in the league, only behind Boston, 42-19-10, 94 points. Mm. For their uh, season grade, I'll give them an an A-plus as well. I just think they deserve it. Colorado got an A. After St. Louis, you got San Jose, who finished 29th. They're the only team I'm going to give an F to. They absolutely failed the season. I expect them to do a bit better. When you have Jumbo Joe, Kevin LeBlanc, Couture, uh, when Jones, if Jones want to play better, and they have Burns, Carlson, Vlasic, you expect a team like that to do a lot better. So they're getting an F. Um...
moving on from the St. Louis, San Jose Sharks, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I'm just going to do the grades now because the episode's running out of time here. I don't want to go over 50 minutes. Uh, they're going to get an A. After Tampa, you got Toronto at 13, 62, 36, 25, and 9. 81 points. I'm going to give them, give them a B plus. After Toronto, you got Vancouver, who finished 17th. 36, 27, and 6. I'll give them a C plus. After Vancouver, you got Vegas. Vegas finished 8th. 39, 24, and 8. 606 win percentage. I'll give them a I'll give them a B plus. Winnipeg or Washington's after, but I'll give Winnipeg first. Winnipeg was 37, 28, and 6, 5, 6, 3. I'll give them a D plus. Just on the fact that they, they played like complete shit on defense and their goalie was good. They would get They'd get a D-minus if their goalie wasn't good. Um, Washington, they were fifth in the league. I'll give them an A-minus. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Next week's episode, we have Rob from Buttends coming on, so stay tuned for that one. That one will be a very fun one. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. This is Broly Talks Hockey signing off.